Hey everyone, Joe here from Modern Heathen Man. I hope you all are doing well today on this beautiful lager dogger day that it is. I wanted to come to you today and I want to talk a little about heathens helping heathens, heathens helping kindreds, and kindred membership and what's expected of you as a goatee. So as you all know, I've had a second my goodness my my mind is like a blank okay anyway I'm going to talk to you about some other stuff so we've had a kindred now for about two years and in that two years we've had some members come and go we've had some you know die hard stay strong members we've had some people that have really become kin to us and you know things like that so I'm with Kelly today my wife hello and as you can hear we're actually traveling we're traveling about 400 miles from home and one of our kindred people who lives um, outside of Jacksonville is moving, and they need help moving. We are being entrusted with their babies, which happen to be two tarantulas, a snake, and a gecko, <clears throat> which are pretty expensive. Oh, and we brought one of our babies with us. Yes, we brought one of our babies, a jumping spider, with us. <laughs> but we're being entrusted with them to drive them to Mississippi, which is right on the New Orleans border. Now, what I really wanted to talk about was, you know, what's expected of us as kindred members when it comes to things like this. Now, my wife and I, me being the go of the kindred, <clears throat> and my wife being attached to me, we uh, we had, you know, some money that we always put aside for different things that may happen throughout the year with the kindred. You know, I, I do the mead and I do some other stuff for the kindred, so... This is where we have it, and it keeps our kindred very nice. But the nice part about this is not only do we get to come down here and help kindred members and build our frith and show kindred kinship, <clears throat> but secondly, my wife and I get to go on a small little, I don't want to call it a vacation because it's not really that, but it's just some time away from home. A respite. A respite, right. Something to see, something different. Hang out with good people that we really like and we want to hang out with. You know, help them out on the same thing. So it's a win-win situation for everybody. But now when it comes to that, the question is, as a Gothi, is that expected of you? Well, a lot of times I feel like people look at Gothis as um, the equivalent of a Christian reverend or a Christian pastor. And that's not what a Gothi truly is. A Gothi is so much more than that and also so much less than that. Like pastors and reverends it's their job to find your faults bring them to light with you and help you through those faults through the edicts of their religion <clears throat> as a gothi that's not what we're supposed to do as a gothi we are able to go ahead and help you along your path but for us there's no right or wrong your path is your path your path is decided by you. How you act between you, the gods, and the faith, and your frith is how you act. So we don't decide that. Well, so, I think part of that is building somebody up. Right. And we build people up rather than breaking them down and getting them to, you know, concede to being a bad person or whatever so that right. they can feel, I don't know what. So either way, I'm just saying that. So... I'm not saying all Christians do that, but I'm just saying that's the majority of what I see in Christianity of, you know, you're a sinner and you're this and you're that. And 
I break you down so you realize that you can be built back up by their God. That's not what we do. You know, our gods can care less what we do, in all honesty. What they care about is how we're venerating them and how we're honoring them, and then they do so by honoring us. So that's how our gods do it. But again, so is this required of you? It's, it's really not. And it's really not required of anybody to do anything for anyone. But I will say it'll build your frith. It'll build your kinship. It'll get you guys closer together. It'll make you more tight-knit. Now, not all kindreds are so far apart or spread so far um, as my kindred. My kindred goes from Florida to Tennessee all the way over to um, Arkansas and all the way down, you know, to Key West, you know, all throughout that whole area, including Alabama, Georgia, Florida, Mississippi, Arkansas, Louisiana, and We've some of Tennessee. Georgia and everything, yeah. so. So, you know, my kindred's pretty big, and, and my scope of things is pretty large, so I do quite a bit of traveling. So as it go, the, you know, sometimes I have to weigh... I don't want to say it this way and sound like I'm a jerk, but sometimes I have to weigh the importance of the act as far as what it will take away from every place else. So, like, right now, you know, my one son is at home because he's old enough to do so. My other son is with some friends, which he really likes, and he's there for three days because we'll be gone until Monday. So, or Tuesday, actually. Tuesday, we'll Tuesday. Be gone Yeah, Tuesday I'm traveling back home. But, you know, the cost is my family gets disrupted to me and the question is that I have to ask myself is what does my family get out of that disruption do my kids begin to see how we're able to grow our frith and build something better on that or are they just seeing me leaving and going someplace else without them so these are the questions that we want to delve into today a little bit and get Kelly's point of view get my point of view and you know just go over them with you and see what you guys think about them so let's dive right in yeah so, um, yeah, it was a big decision to, well, it wasn't really a big decision. It was like, we're going to help these people move. I mean, it was, they right. asked, they didn't have anybody else. We're going to help them move. And they really are family. They, right. they really have, in the two years that we've known them, become family, um, closer than family in some ways. Right. Um, but our kids are in good care. There's somebody there with them, like, Joe's ex-wife lives right down the street if my older son absolutely needs something. And the, the friends that um, our younger son is with are very, very close to us as well. I right. know that if anything were to happen, we would turn around in a heartbeat and come back right. home. Yeah, we're only, we're only four or five hours from home. So, And then once we actually get to Mississippi, we're only like three and a half hours from home. Yeah, so, so. I mean, we're actually moving our friends closer to us, which is kind of nice. Right, exactly. Uh, but, you know, it's kind of like every, it's almost a community effort because everybody we asked was all willing to help in this whole thing. Yes, right. we'll take care of and, you know, it's kind of a selfish reason for them to take our younger son anyway because their he really daughter. gets along with their daughter, right. <laughs> their daughter refers to him as her husband. Right, which is pretty funny. <laughs> it's a really... It's a really cute little relationship. Yeah, it's a really. Well, cute we'll get into it one time and talk about it. It's but, really sweet. But, yeah. Um, 
but they enjoy him being there, which is really nice, yeah. so he feels welcome there, and he gets to, I think they're going out and doing some stuff out of town today, yeah. so he's going along with them and having a really good time with them, so for us, that's the benefit. Now, the, like I said, though, the question is, though, you know, what are our children seeing as we do this? You know, are our children seeing us sacrificing something for the greater good of a kindred, or are they just seeing us doing something for somebody else? No, I think they see us sacrificing, you know, because we're not spending the time with them. We're not, you know, we're taking time off of work. We're taking time to help somebody else around us. Right. And they know how much that means to us. In general, we've always been the type of people that would give you the shirt off of our back. Right, right. And they see that in our selfless service. And, you know, my younger son... You see it a lot in him where he gives of himself a lot. Right. My older son, too. Um, I see it when he's at work and stuff. He does, he puts a lot more effort in to help somebody else new. He does a lot to help the community. He's done a lot to um, help his, his school and stuff like that. Like, he's been involved in student government. He helps out with different sports teams at school and does because he can't actually play sports but he does contribute right right so he sees like they, they all have this sense of something bigger than themselves right. and we discuss frith quite a bit me and the boys about how frith is you know it's not necessarily karma and it's not necessarily you know pay it forward and it's not necessarily you know you get out what you put in that's not how it works but our frith is our frith for us to deal with and we have to answer later to whoever as to our frith and why we don't have it. And in life, this is the thing that helps us along. I keep saying this, frith is so hard to explain, but it's really not. It's, you know, you're going to get in what you, are you going to get out what you put into it? Right. And you're going to get in what you put out of it. I mean, that's all there is to it. So that's the best way to describe it. Right. But, I, you know, I hope that my boys see that we're not just, you know, taking time away from them. But what we're doing is we're building a community and we're building a community of people that believe likewise. Now, this past week, we watched our friends go through a whole bunch of turmoil. Um, where they are, they have a lot of people around them that, you know, they call friends that they consider, you know, to be close-knit friends of them. And everybody they asked to help them move was not able to do so, even though this move has been planned for months. And, I mean, I, I know it sounds bad, but I always say you always know who your friends are when it comes time to move in. So, right. Yeah, because, we, were, we were even joking about the whole thing this week and, you know, um, what the payment would be for moving and things like that. But we were joking about it all week. Right. Yeah, we right. Um, so. But, you know, we're trying to, we're doing the best we can to help them. Right. And that's what true friends and true family are all about. Yeah, kinship. And I keep yeah. calling it that because that's truly what it is. I mean, you know understand it until you're there and understand what it can is. Now, we don't necessarily call each other brother or call each other sister like, you know, Christians do. And if you, you want a good thing about that, if you look up um, Jesse Stillwagon's um, Midgard Musings, right. he has a really good episode on there where he talks about why he doesn't call people right. brother or right. doesn't call people sister in our faith. And I really enjoy that talk quite a bit. It's really um, a good talk, really well thought out and really well put without being or nasty or mean. Or preachy. Or preachy, exactly. Right. So you're going to hear my um, GPS going. I'm sorry. I'm actually driving while I'm doing this podcast. So, 
Yeah, I try to kill two birds with one stone. I'm really trying hard, no matter how busy I am, to keep doing podcasts um, from here on. So, just so you guys know. And we might do another one with our friends while we're down here. Yeah, we, we may. Yeah. And let them talk about Frith and, you know, kinship yeah. and what it's like having, you know, people to call on and be able to talk to. But for now, the other thing I want to talk about is, you know, people wanting to start and their own kindred. I mean, a lot of times, I don't think that people understand what it really requires to start a kindred. Um, you know, what a kindred truly means, because most people don't even begin to know what the actual word kindred, you know, I don't want to say it this way, but what it truly means to have a kindred. You know, people think it's just a group of people that get together and drink a lot of mead and you know, start a bonfire and just be like, hey, whatever, you know, praise the gods, hail the gods. Yeah, it's it, not like that. It's not like that at all. It's a lot of, a lot of learning, a lot of meditation, a lot of, you know, well, consideration. Well, there's a lot of, a, a family dynamic there, too. You have yeah. to, you have to be comfortable with the people that you're having a kindred with. Right. Because if you're not a family, if things disrupted, if things happen, if it breaks, you need to be able to pick up the pieces. Right. Yeah, a lot of people don't even understand, like, um, we've gone through a couple of different infightings in our kindred um, through the years, and, you know, where we get the kindred built up, and then all of a sudden, you know, a couple people want to go their own way, so they end up going their own way, and that's all part of it, and, and a lot of people don't understand, oh, I want to leave because this isn't anything like I thought it would be, or it should be like this, and you get a lot of that stuff going on, but... But that's just human nature. Right, that's just human nature, and they, they feel like they want to hold it against us because that they didn't think a kindred would be like that. They thought it would be so much easier to just come in and do whatever they want, and, you know... I don't want to say get away with whatever they want, but basically that's it. I mean, they're, you know, one of our biggest fights we had recently was a guy came in and, and the way he does his services does actual sacrifices of animals yet. And, I mean, there's a place for that within our, within our path and our religion, but that's not the way we do it where we are because we have children and we have other things and there's certain people that don't want to see that very much animal lovers in our kindred and some other stuff so it caused a lot of turmoil in our kindred because he was very pushy on wanting to do this and demanding to do this and this is what a heathen is and everybody wants to be a heathen until it's time to do heathen things and it just got way out of hand and it got it the point broke where, our right, it broke our kindred up and broke some pieces up. And as the go, the I just sat back, and what happened was a couple people on my board got really Proceed upset because I said, "Let's just sit back, and it'll blow over." Well, those people pushed it and pushed it and pushed it and pushed it, and I kept saying, "Sit back, relax, it'll blow over. Let it just do its own thing." And what they did was they began causing Proceed contention between people. And causing people to begin infighting amongst themselves. And that began to break down the kindred. We lost Frith. We lost that binding nature that we have that guided us all together, that brought us all to one. We lost because of infighting and being, I don't want to say it like this, but hard-headed. Right. You know, in the sense that you couldn't just sit back and let it blow over. In my meditation, you know, I was told the norms will take care of it. Fate will take Proceed care of it. It'll, it'll blow over. It'll be just fine. And 
nobody wanted to listen to me. They pushed the thing. It broke some of the kindred apart. We still have a kindred. We still have a good, thriving kindred that does stuff. But in the same token, those people are now gone. And now they see the error of their ways and they want to come back. And then they want to come back in the same capacity and left at. And I say to them, I can't do that because I have an honor to keep the kindred safe from problems. And in doing so, unfortunately, what you did here causes me to have you take some time to become something again. And, you know, we have a new board, we have this, and your position's been filled. And they don't like that idea, so that causes even more problems. And it just keeps going and it keeps rolling. Now, some of those people have come back and said, okay, I'm really sorry. Let's start from scratch again. I'll start down here. It's just a kindred member, and that's all I want to do. And I say, okay, they can come back, and they're a kindred member. And they've been great, and they've been following the stuff and doing the stuff they're supposed to do. Those are the true people that have frith. Those are the people that we want to deal with consistently. But there's going to be those in a kindred, and that's what most people are not ready for. They're ready for the, the easy going. hey, let's get together, let's drink some mead, let's have a bonfire, let's praise the gods, and then everybody goes home and they're not heathen anymore after that. And I shouldn't say they're not heathen, but they don't get together until the next holiday and do the same thing again. But there's so much more to it than that, which could make their experience so much better right. that they just don't know about it. And I, I hope our boys see that we're trying to do that, that we're trying to build up a community and stuff. Um, I, I, I think I mentioned it the other day. I'm so proud of my boys. Um, the older one came to me the other day and asked me for a um, picture of Thor to hang up because they yeah. want to start building an altar in their room. And to me, that's really cool. They're, they're starting to... And they fell off for a while. Like, they were... We've all been kind of taking a step back from some things, I think, and we're right. now trying to get back into the groove. Well, not all of us. Well, not all of us, but the, the kids and I have, right. because we life and whatever has taken us off, and we're doing, but they're getting back into the, into the groove of doing these things. Right. And it was a surprise that, that EJ had asked me about that. Right. You know, out of the blue, hey, I like that picture, can you print one out for me of that? Um, for, for an altar I want to build. Well, sure, dude. Let's let's get you an altar built. Right. And, you know, you, you can listen to my discussion on altars <laughs> and why we have them and how many we actually have in our home. And, you know, my biggest discussion consistently is the more altars you have, the more personal altars you have, the more time you spend with the gods, the more honor you give the right. gods, the more honor you'll receive from the gods. So that builds your faith and builds a habit of faith within the home. You know, a lot of people ask me a lot of times, how do we become more heathen in our home? And my answer is always build an altar for each of you and each do your own thing at your altar. Don't tell one person what they do is wrong or tell another person what they do is wrong or right or whatever. And everything's right that you do at your altar no matter what, especially when it comes to kids, you know? Yeah, because, I mean, they're just, this is their altar. This is their space. This is their space that they want to build for themselves. And honestly, once they get it built the way they want, I'm not going to disturb them on it. Right. Well, the other day, one of my boys put their car inside one of my things on my altar, my offering bowls, right? And it was, um, it was Freya's day, Friday, as a matter of fact. And I said, hey, who offered their car to Freya? You know, and, and he looked at me like I was crazy, like, what? I'm like, who offered their car to Freya? 
and my little boy looks at me and goes, oh, daddy, I, I did that. I was like, oh, so you're going to leave it there? And he's like, no, I'll get it out. I was like, well, you can't now. You offered it to Freya for her day. <laughs> you know, and he's like, what? I'm like, it's Freya's today. Maybe she's playing with it. You never know. And, and he's like, mile, okay. Right. But it got him to thinking that how sacred the altar is and how he's not able to get that back now because he offered it to Freya. <laughs> I didn't know he did that. He yeah, did his that. little his yeah. little matchbox guitar, oh, okay. the one you just got. Yeah. Yeah. So he was kind of bumming a little bit, but I said you're gonna have it back when she's done with it. So, you know. I think tomorrow's, he took it back. Yeah, tomorrow's logger dogger, so you can have it back then. Yeah, I think he took it back. Yeah. Right. Late last night because he took it over to to the friend's house. But it's nice that they want to build an altar, and it's nice that they want to, you know, honor the gods themselves, and that's where. You know, them seeing me lighting my incense and honoring the gods, you know, especially on Saturdays and Sundays when they're home from school. And we're like, we do a big thing. We have these big rituals each Saturday. Each Saturday they have to learn something new from me. So we talk about things like Euclidean geometry or, you know, different stuff like that. And um, what was the other thing we were talking about the other day? Um, I don't know. I never the get Fibonacci to hear these, sequence, I don't and, get to hear these you know, really deep work. stuff <laughs> that has to do with what they may be learning in school. But in the same token, we also do our, you know, they go through the whole steps with me when I'm honoring the gods for that day or doing whatever I do for that day, and then um, picking my god and doing my prayer and doing my meditation, reading from the Havmal, and then we clean the house. So it's a, it's a ritual, basically, of what we do each and every Saturday and Sunday. I think they're glad to get a break from that. <laughs> yeah. We'll clean the house, yeah. yeah. But it's nice because they've come to see that it's part of my day that this is what I do. I sit at the table, I light my incense, I read my have them all. You know, I, I read it aloud with them, and then I do my prayer, and I do some meditation, and thinking on specific things, and afterwards I ask them, you know, well, what did you think about? What did you learn from it? What did you get from it? And... You know, we talk a little about that, and then we go on to clean the house, and our day goes. And I don't know if that helps them along in their day or not, but I hope that it does. That's all I can do is hope. But, I think it does. I, I think yeah. it's, it's, you know, it's like a family taking their kids to church in a way. It's kind right. of the same idea. Yeah. And you're going to have a lot more time with them coming up in a couple weeks or yeah. in a couple days. Yeah, everybody. Oh, by the way, guys, um, wash your hands. I would joke about getting toilet paper, but I know there's no toilet paper anywhere. So um, this COVID-19 or coronavirus from 2019, um, I don't know. I think everybody's going a little crazy with it personally. You know, if we just keep ourselves, you know, hand washing and hygienic and I don't know what else to say. I'm just saying that we're not sneezing at each other, coughing at each other, whatever else. We're being rude to each other. We should be good to go. But um, our boys have off actually for two and a half weeks. Yeah, two and a half starting weeks. Starting on Wednesday. Yep. Um, so So I think we're going to build some more outdoor altar space and maybe do some effigies of the gods outside out of wood. We'll, we'll a lot start more carving. archery. Yeah, a lot more archery and stuff like that with them. So they should quite enjoy that, I hope, anyway. We'll see. Um, um, the older one's disappointed because they're, they're postponing the prom. Well, it's all right. <laughs> He'll live, I'm sure. I'm sure he will, too. They didn't cancel it. No, they didn't cancel it, but they, they postponed it. So, you know, as as we get in, you know, being a kindred and being a leader of a kindred also includes helping families to understand what it is to be more heathen. And I, I don't want to say this like this, but, you know, when people come to me and ask me how to be more heathen, 
I say, well, I can't tell you that. You have to talk to the gods about that. You have to discuss, you know, how heathen you are already. I mean, you know, without getting into what you're doing and, and what's going on, again, I can't tell you what's right or wrong. All I can tell you is what I do, and if you choose to do that as well, you can, but it may not be for you. It may not be part of your ceremony or your thing, but if you have your own, go ahead and do it. So, I think as long as you want to be more heathen, that you're already being more heathen. Yeah, I think yeah. that's the case. Yeah. Uh, so. You know, it's all about learning and growing and, and right. becoming more comfortable in who you're going to be. Right. And I know we have a lot of, um, and I don't want to say this and sound you know mean when I say it, and I say it all the time, but we have a lot of closet um, heathens. And those are people, and I call them closet heathens, not to sound rude or mean or nasty or anything, but they're people that unfortunately are not able to practice their faith out in the open like I can. I mean, I feel really bad for them in all honesty because I don't feel that it's right that living in America that you feel like you're not able to have the faith that you've chosen or been led to or feel that is for you or your family because of the way other people act or you perceive how other people may feel about that or you actually have those people acting that way toward you. Well, I, I think that goes for anybody who's pagan. I don't think it's just a, a heathen thing. There's so right. many pagans out there that have to stay basically in the closet. Right. So we have a lot of them, and, you know, I always feel bad for them. You know, when I speak to them, like, on the phone or through email, and like, oh, well, I, I really can't, you know, tell me, buddy, I'm, I'm heathen because, you know, it's just going to cause a lot of problems in my family. I, you know, as a Gothi, I have to really feel for them in the sense that, you know, how, how do I counsel them on what to tell them to do to be more heathen when they can't have an altar in their home or they can't have an altar in their yard or they have to go into some wooded area and build an altar somewhere far away from the house where nobody can see them and they have to sneak there and sneak back and you know it's really hard it's really hard as a gothi to deal with that yeah well i've seen i've seen things um on pinterest and facebook Mm -hmm. um for hidden altars right right which are you know you can find stuff like that where you are putting decorations out that represent the gods and goddesses or the elements or whatever you're doing, whatever you want to venerate, you know, putting up, our friends have this huge um, thing of steer horns, like the Texas Longhorn on, you know, up by their ceiling. You could potentially use that as, you know, drinking Drinking horns. Yeah. And nobody would be the wiser because it would just be, you know, this decoration of these huge steer horns on your right. wall. Yeah, but again, like I said, it's really sad that they have to hide. It is sad that they have what they to are, hide. you know, what they want to be. It is very sad, yeah. but you know, for some people, that's that's just for teenagers and, and oh, yeah. young adults. That's sometimes how life has to be until they right. get out on their own. Especially young adults. Like I've been approached by a lot of young adults um, locally recently about, you know, like, I, I wear my my necklace out, and as I told you guys, I've started taking um, time to put um, things on my hand for the day for each of the gods and stuff, and more and more people are starting to see those things and asking what they are, and I tell them, and they're like, oh, yeah, I've, you know, I've always wanted to get into that, you know, religion, but, you know, because my family makes me go to church, and I can't, and, 
you know, oh, I'll get, you know, sent to this camp or that camp or someplace here or someplace there so that I can get better and not have to trust. almost sounds like a conversion therapy. Yeah, it almost sounds like a conversion therapy. And I'm just like, what in the world are you talking about? What, what is wrong, (laughs) you know? And the other, on the other token, I've been talking to a lot of religious leaders in my area and a lot of them really have misconceptions of what our religion is. Or any pagan religion. Yeah, or any pagan religion. I, I mean, I always joke around when I say to them, you know, yeah, I tell you that I'm Norse pagan, and the first thought you have is a bunch of naked people dancing around a fire praising Baphomet. That's not what we do. You know? And they're like, oh, okay, well, you know, oh, but it is still pagan. But and they, they try to put their spin on it, and I'm like, stop. It's not what you think it is. And But then when you invite them to come see you and to... Yeah. You know, visit and... And they won't do it. Yeah, they... they because they want to have refuse. their perceived ideas of what it is that we do. Right. Yeah. Because if they find out it's as similar to their religion as we see it... Right. Then they'll have be a problem. like, oh, wait, huh? Yeah. Yep. Like, this is... This is not what this is supposed to be. This is not what I'm preaching against. Right. So, these are the things you face when you want to be a Gothi. And I'm not trying to discourage anyone. Actually, I'm really trying to encourage you to really begin to delve into the thought process and the study and the work of becoming a Gothi. Because the more Gothi we have, the more trained Gothi that we have, the more understanding Gothi we have across the country, even from all the different sects of our path, the basic tenets of our religion are exactly the same. You know, we have a few things which set us apart from each other, but, you know, even with those, we don't have to argue those things. Just let those people be those people and let them bring those people in. You know, the basic idea is that let that be, let bygones be bygones. Let them worship the way they want to worship because we want to worship the way we want to worship. We're no different than the Christians yelling at us that we're pagans and Satan worshipers and telling us we're all lumped in the one thing. We're not. If we lump them all in the one thing and say their religion or their way of doing it is wrong either. Well, I was going to say one of the things that like we're traveling here to help these people move or we're helping our friends, our family move and, and things like that. It's not always trials that are that lead you to travel. It's not right. always something like this. Sometimes it's weddings. Sometimes, and sometimes it's something a celebration. Yeah, celebrations. Know. Yeah. And, and when you get to those, it's it's a high beyond high. Yep. I mean, it's amazing to be able to a new baby, a, a, a new baby blessing, and a yep. baby naming ceremony, and a wedding, and these rites of passage. And yep. you know, I've gotten to see um, my son on on. Mother's Night become a warrior. Right. You know, we got to have men from the kindred give him advice, pass him a sword, pass him his own set of runes. Yep. This whole elaborate ceremony, and he's actually teaching his father about what we believe. Right. Which is really, really interesting. Yep. You know, and his father doesn't understand, don't get me wrong, he, he doesn't. But he knows that his son believes in something bigger than himself. Right. And that is a big deal. Yep. Yep. You know, I'll never forget, like, um, one of the gentlemen from our kindred was having a baby and needed to move away from where he was. And we went and got him and brought him back to where we were to get them, you know, a hand up, not a hand out, you know. And while they were here where we live, they had their baby. 
and they were immensely blessed by the idea that their baby was born to praising the gods and blowing a horn to let them know that he was coming to earth to from Midgard. right to Midgard and they thought that was the most incredible thing ever that their son was born to a hammer and a horn blowing for him coming to Midgard so those are the things the Gothi that are really great are watching and doing an actual hand fasting and seeing these people progress from just you know a couple to joining together in a faith and becoming one and using that faith to bind themselves and teaching their family about that faith by being big and honorable and saying we want a hand fasting not a church wedding and their family doesn't even understand what a hand fasting is or what religion they are or how their religion even begins to work oh and how the gods blessed them on that yeah. day yep. it was incredible now we we have a podcast about it um, they got married in July of last year, so there is yep. a big podcast about it. But the coolest thing was, as she's walking down the aisle, it just starts to thunder. And it rolled for, like, the whole time we are doing the ceremony. And it was amazing. And then yep. as soon as the ceremony let out, it was a downpour. It was right. incredible. Like, it just waited yep. until it was over, yep. and then it just... And, and then it got real the- sunny, and it got real beautiful. Oh, it was and, amazing. Yeah. Yep. So it was amazing. It, it was, was really, perfect. really nice. Yep. And things didn't work out the way they planned. They didn't work out the way we had planned or anything else. But you know but what? But it worked. It was it was incredible. The whole thing just worked out perfectly yep. the way it should. Well, guys, I want to thank you all for joining me for the podcast. Even though it's on the go, I apologize about the noise. We're actually stopping for gas right now to finish the last leg of our journey which is only 11 minutes away. So I want to thank you all for joining me for Modern Heathen Man, and I hope you got something out of this, and we'll do it again soon. Say goodbye to Kelly. Bye. And I want to say goodbye to you guys to tell you to have a wonderful day, and have a blessed lager dogger, and hail the gods, hail you for listening, hail you for wanting to be better heathen. Heathen, ah, heathen, pardon me. <laughs> One of those days. So thank you, and have a great day.